Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Deeper Current podcast. I am so happy to be here again. It's so, um, yeah, amazing <laughs> how much can, uh, you know, happen in a week and how much um, of a journey we can take. And then to sit here, I feel in such a good place, which is such which is so beautiful. A few days ago, I was in bed um, with a bit of a kind of rundown, kind of cold, um, like really from my son who just started preschool. He brought some kind of bug home and then inevitably I started to feel really rundown. And, and then I really surrendered. So I took two days in bed, even though I wasn't like really sick, but I was kind of so achy and tired no energy and just yeah really run down and so I took this opportunity to really surrender to soften into it and of course you know like I immediately realized how much I've been putting out like how much energy I've been putting out and this sense of um, keeping up with everything and um really staying busy and engaged and active, um, feeling responsible. Um, but then taking this rest, uh, I finally like started to um, soften and then receive. And little things started to come through, but like really um, beautiful uh, move, like movement has begun to happen without me doing anything. And it's this reminder again and again and again, like we need to take these pockets for rest. Like we need to find a way to uh, allow for that within our cycle of work, within our cycle of doing, because um, it reaps the most benefit. So yeah, immediately. And this, so I was in bed um, two days ago. So yesterday I was just slowly getting back into it. But then I, I kind of just took a bit more, I got some, a few important things done but then I I kind of just walked around in my in my land barefoot um and I went for a swim and just really taking the time to contemplate and connect and and I was feeling this like vibrant energy again and this connectedness and this aliveness <laughs> that's so um amazing to like how we can come away from that just so easily by distractions and really mainly with technology and social media and then uh kind of in this connected state where now i don't i feel kind of a strong aversion to my screen or to technology um and so just listening to that and then you know listening to my body and hoping I don't need to get sick each time, you know, to <laughs> remind myself to rest and take that time to integrate because um, I know that when I finally feel, you know, energized again, it's like this energy starts to spring out of us. And I know time and time again, I'm so efficient, productive. I get like so much done in a short space of time. Whereas uh, the more I keep at this, go, 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 trying to do as much as possible, the less I actually get done across um, a greater space of time. So it's really fascinating um, and it's still disorientating because I was not schooled or programmed to 
to take those seasons of rest and so I'm still unraveling that constantly and you know this is a big part of what this podcast is helping to stay connected to by really being in the conversation around flow and these different cycles and seasons of being and really yeah tracking back to when I've ignored those places of rest and and then yeah how much disservice I did to myself and the work that I'm here to do so really letting that sink in deeper um is so important and and then you know I just <laughs> this beautiful beautiful time connected like I really have this relationship walking barefoot which feels so good I don't need any science for it you know it just feels so good my feet become intelligent um like there's a lot of things I could hit myself on but your feet like really start to sense things on the ground and uh it also creates this hyper alertness this presence that's really profound and and useful it's like uh just I think helps awaken the body and the mind in different ways and then uh, now that my son is in preschool I'm like taking more time on our land and going for a swim like naked by myself in the river and just connecting here and it's just amazing again how we live in such an amazing place but uh, it's so easy to layer upon all this stuff like all these distractions all these things and to really remain kind of disconnected I mean though the jungle makes it very hard to do that because you know things are always growing uh there's always sounds everywhere in the jungle like um you, you are still connected to it and it kind of um won't leave you alone but uh it I still think there's you know a tendency I think I see it around a lot around here you know people stay distracted and stay super busy or stay yeah kind of um fitting their time and space so they're not really paying attention to like what is here and what is now and that's just uh again the <laughs> the practice for us all I think to keep coming back to that and, and and then allowing for this natural flow so yeah it's so beautiful to receive and I just one small thing we received from a friend is this cheesecake fruit and I don't know the actual name but it tastes like cheesecake and it's so rare like I've only had I've only ever had it once or twice before um, both times also from a friend uh, two other friends and they're kind of like impossible to find you don't find them usually for sale they're you know kind of the people in the know you need to stay connected <laughs> um, but it's like oh my gosh the most divine divine fruit and so I'm on the kind of um, hunt right now to make sure we have at least one for the retreat upcoming this month because it's kind of mind-blowing and it's this is the kind of thing that I, I feel responsible to try and um introduce and and show um people here and it's again you know like I've I'm so excited to be grounded and rooted here and to the, be sharing some of my work here like in this jungle in Costa Rica 
on the Caribbean coast because uh, I have, you know, so fallen in love with this place and it helps me stay anchored and grounded and connected to here by um, working with people one-on-one here and then uh, these retreats getting to show people my my world or my way of um, being here and um, yeah, I'm so, uh, so incredibly honored and grateful that I get to do this work and yeah this this episode I really wanted to share a little bit about my spiritual journey and something really interesting this last week or two weeks has um, really noticed that my sort of my uh, sense of self has sort of collapsed into itself like I uh, you know have always had, uh, for as long as I know, like since I've been more on this kind of awareness of being on a spiritual journey, of course, now I look back and like I've always been connected and had amazing things happen. But um, since being really aware that I was learning about spirituality and I was connected to this path, um, I've always had this, like I think my programmed, conditioned, quote-unquote rational cynical sort of voice in my head say like um you know i'll have the most profound experience and it'd be like oh yeah but you know maybe that was still a trick of the mind or maybe i don't know it's just this little voice um and i think it's there because you know i was not raised with this mindset and um the sort of scientific intellectual um mind or the sort of mainstream media sort of making fun of woo-woo or anything that's weird or, um, you know, the way of talking, these patterns of, um, quote-unquote, again, rationality, uh, really kind of dampens or squashes out your <laughs> sense of magic. Uh, but of course, you know, now I see it through my son, and you see it really through all children, this sense of magic, um, this connectedness, this... Um, different sensation of life and I think if I wasn't programmed or conditioned to believe any one thing then these experiences that happen would just be would just be but because we've developed this um, understanding of science which really you know really the pioneers in science are you know magical thinkers they will um really be exploring the world of the mystery to to come up with something new but um i think with the schooling and the proving and the the methodology and the clinicals um you know where we separate things so we don't always study things within their actual habitat or environment we kind of take them out and like um we kind of take out, you know, the mysticism and the magic and we, um, yeah, then we, you know, feel very important about what we've discovered and we can tick this off and this is what we know to be true and this is the the group think at this time, even though that's always changing. And, you know, I've heard be- beautiful, like, philosophical scientists say, like, one of the biggest crimes in school is the way that science is taught as fact, like, things that were taught in science uh, um, made to sound factual rather than 
ever changing and fluid and of course it's like incremental changes and um <laughs> you know it's it's like this work of um disproving and then proving and then um kind of nudging the needle forward but anyway it's like if you don't have if you look at the earliest um like foundations of science it was always connected to uh, alchemy and the same with <laughs> astronomy was connected to astrology like there was um, ways of communicating the ineffable and that's what my experience with spirituality has been you know the, the closer you go to things that seem woo woo and weird like the more they start to make sense and you shouldn't really take anything uh, um from what someone says is you should really go and live and experience it and then um, know what is true for you um, but when you start to have like you know out of body experiences and things that are like so real <laughs> so real that you begin to develop a stronger sense of um, your own sense of uh, expansion of reality and of what um, is possible here then uh, you, yeah, you, you strengthen that bit by bit and you keep coming back and, um, you know, walking through the world differently. And yeah, so I'm super amazed at this, like that little voice that I, it's kind of just there, so I, you don't always pay attention to it, but then really noticeable that it's gone now in my mind it's like I'm finally fully accepting how out there I am and <laughs> out there um, some of my experiences have been and just how I'm able to tap in and connect and I it feels so good and I think <laughs> it's also you know really just the fear of like oh what is those people from my childhood gonna think when they hear like some of the stuff I'm talking about and then I you know I have to realize that ship has already sailed I'm already um out there it's like um I'm probably already way more out there than most people can uh you know you know handle or like accept <laughs> but um yeah so uh, um I had this very wild vivid imagination as a child I had you know, from dreams and and I, I remember having these moments where I was like walking into the same situation as in my dream and this would happen many times and I didn't know who to talk to and then it wasn't until I, you know, began to do these interviews and research with Salty Gathering with Indigenous female elders and medicine women that I realized <laughs> this is what they're talking about and so this is a shared experience. It's not just something I'm making up somehow in my mind. So that's been a really beautiful thing to allow, to accept. Like, okay, I have this sense of prophecy within my own life. Like this sense of, uh, yeah, dreaming things that then come into being. And uh, it's really fun now. Life, it's like, oh yeah, like... I am paying attention now to the feeling in my body because then I know I'm walking into my dream. And knowing that I uh, actually don't have to accept anything less than my dream is like, I think it's been a really hard thing for my 
uh, my, I don't know, I want to say ego, but it's like this, the part of myself that's like, no, you can make that work, or you can make that, um, oh, no, but they seem good, like, they seem nice, even though it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel good in my body, like, my sense of wanting to just be a good person, or um, be liked, or be easygoing, or I don't know, I... I'm learning to walk stronger and stronger into the dream that is, you know, meant for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember, you know, these conversations around ghosts growing up and I was very interested. I, I felt like I had some um, experiences like several times and nothing like full on, but, you know, just like slithers of it and and like voices and and those kind of things and then as uh, children we were like curious with black magic um so we had like you know the ouija board and we would do the like you know you lift someone up with one finger <laughs> and you play around with this kind of thing and then i think we began to get a bit freaked out sometimes by our shared experience and uh yeah these kind of I guess childhood exploration. I remember, you know, we were doing potions and had crystals and we were like, this was before Harry Potter and before all of that became like very um, part of our mainstream, I guess, discourse. Of course, it's always been part of fairy tales and um, mystical sort of um, books like Lord of the Rings. Like I remember reading also the lion the witch and the wardrobe and just being so uh such in such a belief in these um, worlds and these experiences um and then of course you grow older and i'm glad i didn't shut down t for too long i don't know if i ever fully shut down um because uh then <laughs> then like traveling i remember just I remember finally leaving home and going traveling for six months and just this sense of magic that would arise, like the synchronicities, like the, I feel like when you finally let go of all of your sort of known like uh, structure and form, like your known schedule, your known like sense of home, like and you're on the road, you're kind of in this amazing state of presence and like, alertness to all the smells and sounds and and then you're hearing these clues and it's guiding you on this journey and I learned very quickly like I just wanted to undo all the planning I had done um you know very carefully planned out my six months of travel and all I wanted to do was really go with my heart and you know meet new people and go along with them for a while and go in a different direction and just really stay connected and and I, I, had to, I remember I had to do a lot of flight changes because I just was wanting to listen to that, to my heart. And uh, yeah, this, so, but that was more in a stage of still drinking and partying and not really, not really connected, but like I was feeling something. And I think it completely ruined me for university because when I got to London, it was a really hard struggle to fit within these uh, intellectual mind frames, uh, this vocabulary and these ways of, uh, like I love to talk, I love to debate, I love to be, I love to learn, like 
so fascinated by these different um, subjects at university but I really struggled with trying to fit within the box of um, how you look at the world like that was something that really struck me when I studied anthropology it was just like I couldn't um, conform to the way of thinking I was like I remember the only non-anthropology um, like students studying this module in anthropology so I was totally out of their their group think and the sort of learned way of um, looking at things and it just <laughs> quite a lot of like heated uh, debates around certain topics I was just like yeah I found very confusing anyway I, I I was getting you know at university I was getting into yoga but I was really focused on the movement side um, and then like later on in university and my last year in London I, I kind of started to party more with like drugs and psychedelics rather than alcohol like in the UK we're very alcohol heavy so I'd grown up since really since 14 drinking a lot and like going out a lot um so <laughs> I remember drugs felt like um healthier <laughs> and it opened up this whole other world of um music and going to warehouse parties and just meeting really beautiful people and I could see like on certain experiences like MDMA how like heart opening like everyone just wanted to hug and dance and just like um, be in this really blissed out space and um, so I really loved that scene and I loved festivals and I loved kind of psychedelics and really began I think exploring the mind through psychedelics I learned how to navigate into good trips and help others to do that which I think has been a really useful skill to develop but um, yeah it wasn't until I had this really full-on summer where I'd been just managed to get invited for free to festivals like every weekend and I I realized it was um, maybe a problem that I like couldn't say no <laughs> because all of it was fun so it was like not like I was saying yes to anything I didn't want to do but after a while it gets really uh heavy on the body partying every weekend and and probably in the week as well but I and then working you know really hard to try and keep like keep my head above water in London <laughs> um but I it wasn't until Glastonbury Festival uh which was really the last big festival I did um before kind of going the other direction um into more kind of yoga sobriety and, and deep meditation but um i had never been to glastonbury before i didn't know at the time much about the sort of historic spiritual um roots of the place um, i knew a little bit about it um, i'd heard bits about it but i never really looked into it and i knew it wasn't like that far from stonehenge but i didn't you know i didn't really know much about it um, and at the festival itself I, I it's like I knew somehow it was going to be my last big festival so I I didn't sleep for five days and I just went all out and I had the best time but I I really spent a lot of the time um, on this hill around the Stown Circle and it was like a really beautiful part of the festival like not so much going on like no, no music or 
not a lot of people, but we had such just a beautiful time, I guess, in nature and in this um, stone circle. And there was this moment that we, you know, we were taking like a mix of psychedelics and I was like, again, having a beautiful time with really the best people. Like, um, and But there was this moment that all of a sudden I like stood up and I was standing in this circle of people I had never, like, you know, I didn't think I'd seen before, but I felt this recognition and knowing, and I had this knowing that this was people who had been there throughout time in Glastonbury at this stone circle, and I was taking my place again there. <laughs> I get chills now talking about it. Um, and then I kind of had this, like, swoosh, and I kind of uh, found myself sitting back down on the grass, uh, like I hadn't actually moved um, between my two friends. And I, it was just one of those experiences that I was like, what just happened? Like, um, that's more than just a trip. Like, and I was trying to explain it, but I, I couldn't. And then super, super strange. And then this old man came up to me and my two uh, guy friends. And he like looked like a typical Gandalf like figure with long white beard and he's like let me show you the the other side of Glastonbury and showed us like he took us I think across this little bridge it was like this little uh brook this little river I think like there was a um a little waterfall and it showed us this sort of underground um like hobbit hole style network um of spaces and I <laughs> so uh, it was so whimsical it was like all these locals like laughing and drinking and he's like yeah this is the you know the real side of Glastonbury and I I had this experience again like it felt like entering into the the underworld and these fairies and these like uh, <laughs> like hobbit like people <laughs> just these characters that I I also felt this knowing with it was just this super surreal experience we came back into the festival and it was kind of like you know okay that was just part of the psychedelic trip and really cool one but I didn't really think that much more about it but um it wasn't not long it wasn't long after that I kind of had a breakdown in London I knew I needed to figure something out I was not going in any direction I really wanted to be on and I just made this radical decision to kind of like a, a week later to go um, to book this yoga training in the mountains in Austria and it's this very um, kind of traditional Indian uh, schools Shivananda and you know but prior to that I had really only been practicing like yoga vinyasa I mean I practice all different types of yoga but really all about the body and and the breath but nothing really more than that I wasn't really connecting to the spiritual aspect so uh, something really called to me about this very traditional school and so I signed up and I went and I, <laughs> I still remember you know it was the first time I I met like women my age, girls my age who were sober and who didn't drink. And I remember at the time being like, 
I don't know who I would hang out with. Like, I wouldn't have any friends. Like, if I stayed in London, I'd have, I don't even know yeah, who, you know, yeah, who that community is where I'm, like, where I'm living. Um, so it was, like, very confusing. I was like, wow. I, <laughs> I can, at the time, I was like, I couldn't even imagine. Um, and this traditional school, we were, like, every morning, we do an hour meditation, then an hour chanting, and then um, an hour philosophy, and and then asana, and then brunch. So it was like very full on morning, and and then evening the same, kind of in reverse. Um, and it was this in this hour meditation, uh, day in day out, twice a day, that I really struggled um, to connect, and I had kind of all the spine issues you can have like I had a bent over shoulders I had um, a collapsed lower back I had a slight curve in my spine I kind of had all the the main things you can have issues with your spine so I was really learning how to sit in a comfortable seated pose and it was a struggle <laughs> I was like really finding it hard and not yeah able to fully meditate and it wasn't really until the last week and we were given a mantra and mine was so hum that I like went into this euphoric like out of body bliss state chanting that and meditating and as I came back I was like that's what they're talking about that's what it is (laughs) like that's what I'm like gonna keep trying to get back to now like what I'm gonna keep working with with meditation like that is incredible and of course you know uh, Satchitananda it's like what it's all about Ananda being bliss it's like and so I kept thinking about the word bliss and um, later that day and I you know I just kept this all to myself but later that day we had our um, closing like naming ceremony uh, for this training and my name was given to me as Ananda, and I was like, okay, I mean, coincidence, like synchronicity, you know, it's a, a common Sanskrit, like, word and name, but uh, it <laughs> it just felt so, um, yeah, trippy to me, because I had just been, like, over and over again, thinking about, like, bliss, bliss, I'd just been into this bliss state, um and i'd say like i'm really grateful for all the psychedelics because they really played with my mind and with my senses and what my sense of reality is enough so that when i was getting deep then into meditation after that training and began to explore um the like the realms of the mind I realized I could go to any of those places that I had gone to with um, trips and um, it was really fun kind of exploration of the mind and really started to distort and play with my sense of reality in my everyday life. And when I left that training, I I knew like I couldn't go back to London. I got a visa to move to Canada. So I went and moved home back to Wales for several months to try and earn money. And that was really tough because, you know, like that's kind of where the real work began um, 
with my meditation and yoga because um and and ritual and ceremony because i needed it like i suddenly confronted by all the things i had left when i left home like all my childhood stuff like everything rising to the surface in my childhood home and so i had i was like so that was like the most dedicated i'd ever been to my practices like i was going so deep and i remember uh yeah like several a few weeks like it was over the holidays it was like a few weeks before i was to leave to canada i was up at my grandparents house and i couldn't sleep one night and i suddenly got up and i just decided to you know sit and meditate and all of a sudden i had this experience where it was like a film reel of like every experience um many many memory memories of times when i had felt insecure and um like embarrassed or just like ashamed or, or something and i was like confronted by all these experiences and they were like playing out like a film and i just started crying and breathing and like releasing and it was like one of the most like earth uh quaking like <laughs> meditation experiences I was like what is going on like um but this you know powerful like experience to be like okay i guess this is stuff that just happens now like this is stuff i'm working with and it's now um becoming as real as um reality like the, the like the film playing in my mind that i'm witnessing it's like uh, as vivid and as in color as watching a film <laughs> so like really trippy and and then when I moved to Canada, I was really beautifully like planted within this community. I I didn't know like what exactly I wanted to do. I thought maybe I'd still work in film because there's a film scene in Vancouver. Um, but I decided to just apply for like the easiest job I could get access to, and it was this reception job for a yoga uh, studio in Vancouver, which is um, so beautiful. It just gave me this ready-made community it was like a really beautiful way to arrive in a unknown city and and suddenly i was part of this community where these conversations were everyday things <laughs> and we start talking about um experiences like you know these and you just start to again embed them more and more as true but again i think it was still all kind of new to me that part of my mind was always there like maybe you're all just you know <laughs> making this shit up or just like um just having this like la 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 experience and like you know having fun but not really serious but um once again i i started to experience really trippy things and like started to understand what astral travel meant because i experienced it like going through past life but well, what i can only imagine is past life because it's not my current life but it's and not something i think i've ever watched or um, been so vividly part of like i would have these experiences like waking up in the desert like in this kind of um deeply passionate encounter like with a partner like this like soul partner and it was these medi like visions and experiences that again were like just becoming a normal part of my life because i had this very 
easy job. I could practice as much yoga as I wanted. I could deep dive with meditation. I was just really going in all these different directions. And and then um, another really wild experience was uh, joining my friend's breathwork workshop. And I'd never done, I had, had never done a breathwork breathwork workshop and uh it's really wild because like everyone in the room kind of loses it like people are having orgasms and some people are uncontrollably crying but i went into this alternate reality like i was walking through the snow with walls and like um but again like as real as this (laughs) as this reality so even now as i'm talking about this it's like um amazing that I hadn't really accepted this fully, 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 fully. And it's still strange to speak about it. It's like, I guess you keep things private for a long time. And I was sharing with friends, but like publicly, I don't, I hadn't been talking about this necessarily because you kind of want to protect these experiences um, that are your own because, you know, people could easily think you're crazy or um, just not get it. But Um, and then make it less than but now like I say I feel like I've dropped into this full acceptance so it's really cool to speak from from that space and feel just like everyone is allowed their opinion Um, but yeah that was wild and then I remember my my teacher um, and mentor Tina James she was having this health situation and we were there um, I really like concerned for her like it was kind of a life and death operation she had to go and have and I remember this the night before or like two nights before she went into hospital I I just like had this intuitive sense to say like can I offer you like energy work and you know I wasn't at the time in any way uh, trained in Reiki or anything but I just started to experience energy and I just started to um, feel it and work with it and just something came through for me like I I wanted to offer it to her and then she looked me in the eyes and she's like you know I very rarely say yes to anyone offering me body work um, which, by the way, is something I needed to hear at the time because <laughs> I was kind of in this hippie community where everyone's offering each other massage and energy and da da da. And I, I needed to realize that you can also say no <laughs> and look after your energy and not do all this mixing anyway. She, she's like, yeah, but I really feel, I feel yes, I, I would like to receive and she lied down and I think she dropped into this deep state and I just started to intuitively work with my hands um, not touching her but just moving through the air across her body and then uh, (laughs) again one of the most um, profound experiences happened like this suddenly this like golden prism of light like appeared over us and I could see all of these animals and angels and I was like wow like she is so protected like she is going to be okay and it was like um again one of those moments where I was like okay register this this is happening this is real like allow this to be a part of your reality like 
allow this and uh, <laughs> and I did to a certain extent I was like okay just remember this but still it's like nearly the fear of that it's like the fear or the power of what am I opening up into uh, when I accept those experiences and um, yeah I not long after I went to um, Burning Man Festival. I said it was like my last festival at Glastonbury, but this was a very different one for me because I didn't like drink and I, I think I one, one time took mushrooms in the festival, but I otherwise was sober, just walking around um, in the experience of it. And um, that was where I entered into, well, the second time I'd entered into a, um, a women's tent because the first time, I remember that she was 12 when I was, I went with my mom and we kind of joined this women's circle, not really knowing what it was. Um, but it was in Burning Man. I was really having a, a weird time. I was like kind of spending a lot of time on my own, which I really love because I love meeting people and I, I, it's an easy place to meet people and kind of be on these different unique journeys but I was kind of in this strange transition in my life I, I think I was like you know not really knowing who I was or what my reality or anything was and of course Burning Man is a trippy place to be um, but I didn't feel that connected to a lot of the stuff that was going on around me that so I just kept kind of journeying by myself and I found my way to like, this women's tent, this earth lodge, and uh, I remember the first time I sat down, um, and I ended up going back each day, but that first time I was just like, <laughs> kind of in shock, like the immediacy that we all dropped into this super vulnerable, raw, deep place, sharing our, our journeys with our like sexuality and uh, uh, bleeding cycles and just the things that had taken place first and the woman holding the space like you couldn't deny that she was this powerful space holder she's just this I mean the word priestess just came to me so strongly I was like oh this woman is a priestess like I <laughs> she is like wow I, I'd never like come across anyone like her um, in my life uh, before that moment and she was just all the way out there like talking about aliens and talking about like uh like the reptilians and the things going on and it was like you know too much again for my <laughs> conditioned brain and my cynical mind I was just like whoa like um but I felt her like I felt her, the way she held the space and and then I, she held me back after that first circle and um just through what I had shared and and as I, like, we'd connected in the circle, she was like, <sighs> looked me in the eyes. And, and also, when I looked her in the eyes, I was like, whoa, like, where are you from? <laughs> her eyes, I'd never seen eyes like that. And anyway, she looked at me and she's like, I called you here. Like, you heard the call. Like, you are now part of this, um, you know, network of women. Like, we are all tuned in, like, in the astral space and I remember I burst into tears like I was like my whole body kind of crying because it was so <laughs> confronting to me like I it was for the first time in that festival and maybe for a while that I felt fully 
seen, like the way she was piercing my soul, like um, looking me in the eye, I was like so, so in shock and and I couldn't take it in, like what she was saying. <laughs> and I was like also totally freaked out because I was like, if if I'm feeling more connected to her than I have anyone else in a while, like, what does that say about me? Like, am I gonna start like being out there, out there, like, on that level? Like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. And so, um, yeah, I remember coming back and just coming back to Vancouver and just being like needing to ground, and I was like you know what, I am this magical being and I have no apartment because I gave up my, my room <laughs> to go to Burning Man. Um, that's the kind of thing I've always done, you know, just very kind of free and in the moment, like, okay, <laughs> uh, not really thinking of the future, like, what am I going to do when I get back? And I have also no money left. Um, but I was like, in my mind like you know there's a lot of wealthy people in Vancouver <laughs> there's I bet a lot of apartments that are empty um and I just need to to manifest an invitation into one and I had that thought and I kind of let it go and I just was talking you know telling people like yeah I'm like looking for an apartment right now and I went up to Whistler and I remember I joined this workshop and I met um, a bunch of people and then um, I think it was the weekend after I bet, bumped into one of the women I'd met at that workshop and um, at the yoga studio I was working in and she was like, oh, do you have a break right now? I, I be, I'd love to catch up and, and chat, but I just have to walk down and check on my apartment. <laughs> and, and then she, she suddenly turned to me on the way down like, oh yeah, you're looking for an apartment. Like maybe, um maybe you should just stay in mine like it's empty right now <laughs> uh, and I was like are you like, kidding me like I, I like I honestly couldn't <laughs> smiling in my head because I was like I just thought of that and I can't believe this is happening and this um woman so beautiful um very down to earth like you, you would not think like she comes from a lot of money in any way but uh when we got to her apartment it wasn't just like any apartment it was like this uh you know kitted out like uh, <laughs> penthouse like rooftop garden like heated jacuzzi pool heated floors like a uh, crazy apartment and she just gave it to me to stay in for my last um month and a half I think in Vancouver and still the wildest thing to this day is that not one person in my like friendship circle or in my life came to visit me in that apartment like it kept nearly happening and it never actually happened and so I just stayed in this apartment by myself in this really surreal bubble like um but again just I guess that was my experience of manifesting something from my thoughts and you start to build up on this this these experiences and these ways of yeah these ways of of seeing and these ways of being and then of course since this work where I'm like really interested in the truth because I find there's a lot of noise in spirituality there's a lot of superficiality and a lot of confusion because <laughs> I feel like people are 
teaching things or talking about things without the real deep experiences. And that's why I'm all about embodied teachers and really finding those out. And to me, there's nothing more than that. And, you know, these spirits, like these female elders, these indigenous female elders and medicine women, because when I'm in their presence and when I get to to be there with them it's like without taking plant medicine without taking anything i am transported into their world and experiencing things again in such a different place and it's also different from culture to culture of course and from land to land and um a really cool part of the research that uh discovered was this um anthropologist Jean-Paul Goulet who's written an article about uh, written a paper about how it's actually a common occurrence for anthropologists to experience like dreams differently when they're living with a tribe like they'll start to dream within the symbology and within the language of that tribe and the imagery of that tribe and start to yeah things that only make sense to that uh, group of people they'll start to to live and so <laughs> it's these really um wild experiences and um yeah i i'm thank you for listening i feel like i could go on and on and on of course with experiences i've of course had um some yeah difficult experiences and i'll touch on those for a moment just because i feel like they've been underneath the surface <laughs> wanting to be spoken for a while but it's hard sometimes to find the right place and to to share things that feel um, really weird to share. Like I had this moment, uh, we were kind of in this beautiful house with a group of um, a group of friends all living together in Vancouver, and we had this night where we were all kind of like in ceremony and and just kind of connecting and. Um, my friend was just sitting one-on-one -on -one with like candles and sage and and incense burning and uh, we were like really open and I was like kind of getting excited about you know again all these experiences and um, she was like I have to tell you something I had this really experience weird experience with this guy she was dating um uh, okay I'll, I'll say this right before like right before i'd said something along the lines of like i just want to be an open vessel <laughs> for these experiences which i realize is not necessarily what you want to say but um as my friend was sharing uh this guy who had a really troubled really dark past it was something about the exact words she said that i felt something enter into me and it was really trippy because my friend saw it and she kind of gasped and I was like what just happened she's like yeah I saw it and I was like what is going on like I felt something come inside of me and I feel this presence inside of me like I feel possessed like what is going on I was like freaking out and not really sure what to do and then you know it was aging and just like clearing and working with that and and it just felt really weird i was like okay i i feel kind of done i don't know what to do i want to go to bed and and the next day i woke up i was like there's still something here in me like i feel really aware of something and i was kind of walking around my day like totally lost like like there like able to speak and able to do things but like also not there and really 
really confused and tripped out again and just um, scared. <laughs> I finally saw a friend and I looked her in the eye and I told her, like, and she was like, okay, come over to my house tonight. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to figure it out. And that was so, so beautiful. I mean, to have these weird experiences and to have someone who, like, have people around you who believe you is everything. And I, I'm really sharing this because I wish I'd known other people's experiences. And I have heard now since other people who've experienced things. I've heard many, many things. Um, but yeah, it was like this um, really, really, really wild moment. Um, but this, this third friend joined and she was probably the least likely person I thought to deal with something like this. <laughs> But the way she kind of uh, like switched on and uh, just like, you know, got into action and whatever she did, she knew exactly what she was doing and she helped clear this energy, this spirit out of me. And it's like everyone could see it. It was like so, I get it. <laughs> I'm still like so weird. Um, and I, of course, felt very private about that experience. Um, me and my friends spoke about it. We were like, that was super weird. And then I think as it went, she just told one of our housemates and he just didn't clearly believe it. You know, like was just like a little bit like, okay, that was weird. And I still remember the moment where we overheard him telling these two girls. And I, I like was so embarrassed like as it sounded like because they were too clearly freaked out they were like didn't know what it what he meant and I was like so mortified I was like oh god I don't want people to think I'm this weirdo or like I'm making shit up or like I have I don't know they're scared of me now because <laughs> I'm like um out there but yeah all that is to say if you have had you know psychedelic experiences or plant medicines or maybe you know very uh sober experiences um uh, but it's like with those experiences that you start to build a tapestry of understanding and and reflection and, and knowing and it's becoming mainstream it's become mainstream right spirituality we talk about all these things and i i still again question like what people have really experienced and it's these initiations and these experiences where I, I had to really learn to strengthen myself, to create, to protect myself. I've, again, experienced many things since then. I'm sure I'll touch upon <laughs> later on um, the more we go with this podcast. But um, thank you for listening again. It's been a bit of a vulnerable share. I, again, I feel out of the closet spiritually. <laughs> I think I haven't wanted to speak to some of this stuff because I didn't want it to affect the rest of the work that I'm doing. I didn't want it to turn people off. I didn't want to also create an ego around, um, <laughs> I don't know, like experiences or um, and like also create like um, clickbait for people to be like, oh, this sounds sensational, you know, like, oh, this is exciting. Um, it's just... Um, a part of the journey and 
And I, now that I'm in this grounded space of like acceptance of all these things and it's like opening up for so much more already, I feel like the ride has just begun. Um, but it's also allowing me to really like the time <laughs> the, to drop into this apprenticeship path where I'm holding space, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. It's really about like whoever is holding space for us like we can really only drop in as deep as they're allowing us to right and so the deeper I go the more I can really hold space for anything for anyone else and really I think the most important part of this apprenticeship path which I'm the most kind of alert to and really taking seriously is that I do not want to muddy the waters or um mess up anyone else's personal journey which i'm seeing a lot of and i'm having a lot of people come to me also with their experiences with coaches and and spiritual guides and leaders and so on because when the ego gets in the way we want to kind of interfere and give people advice or tell people what their experiences are or um engineer experiences for people and it's not empowering. Like what is truly empowering is when someone really realizes their own wisdom and their own experiences. And so to be a space holder on this path, it's really this like very uh, light dance of not um, really p paying attention to my words when I'm c communicating anything back to someone and then not... Um, trying to yeah influence like just allowing them to have the experience it means they are their own teacher and maybe i don't get the ego reward like of oh that what they did for me is so amazing like da, 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 da. You're like you know this is what i hear all the time <laughs> like oh that person is amazing they have all your gifts or they oh they did this for me or they did da, da, da. and i'm like you know you can do that for yourself like you can psychically read yourself like you can speak to the spirit world like you can have past life memories like you don't need someone to tell you what they are and i'm very suspicious like there are of course true mediums and true people who are uh, deeply connected but it's very difficult to not let your ego get in the way and i'm seeing it a lot like a lot a lot and so it's my own just reflection of like okay like when i like drop in and i take people on uh, like a guided meditation it has to be channeled because otherwise I'm engineering it so it has to come through me and I don't even know what I'm speaking as I'm speaking it um, because otherwise I am forcing something or I'm trying to create something and engineer something and it's not true and pure and um, again this is what um, we need and something I'm also careful of because with a guided meditation we're giving certain imagery or giving certain um, experiences to someone which are not necessarily their own and they you know when i might guide them up a mountain they might their soul might be asking them to go down a waterfall you know it's just a small example so um it's this dance and it's something i want to help uh guide others into S space holding that's also part of the apprenticeship path right 
for you to become an integral, wise space holder and for yourself and then for others um, because that is the truly powerful work and then that is what we get really truly rewarded for, right? Like in the most fulfilled, wholesome sense. Like what we're getting today is this like superficial teachings or like wise teachings but like coming from a different intention to kind of manipulate or have followers or kind of um or, or like grasp or make make these promises to people like you know in the development space like if you just do this course then <laughs> you'll be like me and make fifty thousand a week and and you'll be happy and and it's like so unfulfilling because it's not attached or rooted or grounded to anything um that's tangibly ours like it's really uh, like us like our work here our soul's journey um, because nothing can be neatly tied up in a bow like that and it means that we're in this patterns of continually grasping like society is like never enough never enough i need to consume i need to make more i need to just make a little bit more money i just need to make a little bit more and nothing's ever enough like this is like the whole <laughs> sickness of the society and it's like when we drop into the deeper current of life like you start to swim in the stream of everything is as it is and i am along this this ride which is more wild than i could ever imagine ever force ever create and um so it is and so i hope that for you also thank you for listening once again i think this is a slightly longer episode so if you listened all the way through thank you i'd love to hear from you as always your out there experiences um the more we begin to share and communicate and find community around those experiences the more they allow them to sink in again and become realized and true to us and um then it just starts again opening up the world of what is possible and <laughs> what is reality um and all the infinite possibilities that there are to be here on earth what an exciting time we are uh, living and all the um you know possibilities for us to pioneer and guide us into a better future i think it's a really exciting time to take those initiatives to really lead the change that we're here to do so if you're feeling that call um, and you want to just do a one-to-one i'd love to meet with you and hold space um, and if you're interested in the apprenticeship path of course you know you can head to my personal website you can contact and we can set up a call and of course i just feel so good about meeting in person right now and so of course the invitation's here to join us on retreat in the bigger gathering uh, towards the end of the year or uh, just come and hang out in in the jungle of costa rica or um yeah let us know where you are in the world as well because we're loosely beginning to plan like a bit of a tour and like city tour and events and stuff um in this year and then the years to come also so always excited to hear where you're based um once again sending so much love to wherever you are in the world <laughs>